Welcome to the Modern Husbands Podcast, where any combination of Dr. Ross, Christian, and Brian host national experts who share ideas to manage money and the home as a team. Today, we welcome Dr. Tracy Brigman, who is a clinical associate professor and director of the Family and Consumer Science Program at the University of Georgia. Dr. Brigman will share fast and healthy options for busy couples and families, practical tips for healthy snacking, meal planning hacks, and modest changes you can make to what you eat to feel happier and healthier without dieting. We'll begin today with Dr. Brigman addressing a question from a listener. Is it okay to have an occasional bourbon or beer? Yeah, so, so to me, um, I, I believe in moderation. Um, okay. And I think the problem with saying that to some people is that some people do not know what moderation is. So if you know how to define moderation, um, you know, and moderation can be a little bit every day or maybe a little bit more or less frequently. Um, okay. It depends on what you're doing. So to me, I want to enjoy my life and I don't want to say I can never have that. So I, you know, I pick and choose. I love French fries. I can eat French fries all day long. I know that's not the healthiest thing for me. So I make sure I don't have them easily accessible to me every day because that's what I would go for. Okay. So I, so I think our listeners just perked up because they're hearing, hey, we can have a beer every once in a while. We can have a bourbon every once in a while that, yeah. that it's healthy. And I want to remind the listeners of, about your academic background. Um, that you are a you are a dietitian. You have a PhD, um, and so this is for me. You've just made made my day. I, I love to have a bourbon every once in a while, and I love the fact that you know you're you're pointing out that what's m- matters most is just moderation, right? And then there was one, and I know we need to get onto some other questions, but there was something that you just said that I found to be really important. You said I can't have the French fries of around me. Right. Because that's like for me, it's the same way. If I, I can resist a temptation of unhealthy food once a week when I go grocery shopping, I can't resist the temptation when it's nine steps away in the refrigerator. I just don't have that kind of discipline. Yeah, it's hard. Um, some things I'm more disciplined on. So I'm not I'm not a chocolate fan. I like sugar. But chocolate, so I have chocolate in my house all the time. I still have Halloween candy because I eat one piece a day. And it's like the small pieces. And everybody's like, how do you do that? I said, it just doesn't tempt me. But you give me something, I I like cheap candy, like marshmallow peeps. I could go to town on those. And so I try not to buy them as much. So to me, yeah, I want them. I want them as part of my, I, I hate to use the word diet, my eating pattern. Um, but I know what I need, what I need to stay away from. Can you recommend, how do you recommend preparing fast and healthy options for busy couples and families? And if you could just like walk us through this from making the grocery list to what you do with the leftovers. Sure. Okay. So, and you know, it's funny you say that my kids are now 20 and 22. So I went through that process of, I have one kid at this end of the county in this sport, one kid at this end of the county and working, my husband works. Um, so having to have fast meal prep and healthy meal prep, I'm thankful that my kids are older now because now we're in a different stage of, of meal prep. Um, so, you know, obviously it starts with grocery lists and trying to plan out your meals ahead of time. And to me, being flexible. So and not, you know, say we're going to have tacos on Monday 
and pasta on Tuesday and so forth, but not saying it has to be chicken tacos or it has to be shrimp tacos. Um, having a concept in mind so that when you go grocery shopping, if you see sales, you can pivot and be like, well, I'm still having tacos, but ground beef is on sale this week. So we're going to have ground beef tacos. Um, and that way you're not at the grocery store like, oh, they don't have it or I don't. Maybe if you don't feel like it, you can you kind of change your mind, you know, when you get there. So to me, having a a grocery list that's flexible when it comes to what you're making is. is I love that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously trying not to buy so much that you have leftover ingredients. But, you know, sometimes that's not possible because you can't buy in smaller portions. Um, we, If you look at studies, 25% of food that is bought is yeah, thrown out. Yep. So you know, that's money going down the drain. So right. trying to find ways um, to use those leftovers. So, you know, buy, shopping the sales, being flexible, shopping the sales, um, but then with your leftovers. So that's my leftovers to me are some of the most fun things we do. Like if we have a lot of leftover vegetables and meats, we'll make a soup. Um, we'll make, my husband calls it a goulash. Uh, my mom's 100% Hungarian. I'm like, that's not goulash. Um, but we'll take like the leftovers and we'll put scrambled eggs and like make an egg scramble. Um, and then to me, my favorite thing. So my in-laws asked me once, they're like, you must love cookbooks. Actually, I, I don't. I don't buy cookbooks and I love the internet now because I'm a, I'm a picky eater. I've been not because I'm a dietitian. I just always have been. Um, so if I buy a cookbook, there might be two recipes in it that I like. Oh, so I love, yeah, so I love the internet. I will, I will look at my leftovers and I'll Google, what can I make with Brussels sprouts, this, that, and that. And then they give you a whole bunch of recipes that I can go through. And I'm like, ah, I already have all of these ingredients. Let's find something different. So for instance, this past weekend, I made one meal. I bought a rotisserie chicken and that is a lifesaver because you can do so much with it. I bought a rotisserie chicken and then I made crispy smashed potatoes and Brussels sprouts. And then the next day I baked a whole bunch of salmon and some other sides. And I came home from work Monday and my husband took the leftover salmon, the leftover crispy smashed potatoes, put them all together, make salmon, made salmon patties and fried them so that we can put them in the freezer for later. Um, and so we have a, a we took our leftovers from two meals, made a different meal to freeze for later. So all I need to do is take them in the freezer and stick them in the air fryer and make some sides. So um, if you have leftovers, either finding creative ways to repurpose them or buying, they have lots of silicone um, containers, half cup, one cup, go ahead and freezing them. So you have those meals to um, pull out when you don't have a lot of time. What is one easy way that nobody talks about to save money on groceries? Imperfect produce is an excellent way to save money on produce. You know, fresh produce is is healthy for you. If you buy imperfect, it's a lot cheaper. Um, Day-old bread, you can make your own breadcrumbs. You can make croutons. You can make bread pudding. Uh, but the big thing is, um, saving-wise, buying only what you need. Just because it's on sale, I think all of us probably do that. Oh, that's a good deal. Let's buy it. And then it goes add in your refrigerator. Um, so it wasn't a good deal if you're throwing it out. Right. So, you know, taking the time to look at the flyer and am I actually going to use that? And then if I do have leftovers, as I said, being creative to repurpose them or going ahead and 
making a whole bunch. So I do that now. I told you my kids are older now. So I think I'm making a whole bunch. And then my youngest son moved out. He'll come home and eat what I thought was leftovers like for like, that was supposed to feed the rest of us for the next three days. <laughs> so I guess I need to make like my batch p- cooking needs to be larger. Um, if you have family nearby, having your family also batch cook and trading leftovers that are frozen, you know, like you, you make the soup, you make the mac and cheese and we'll freeze. If you need ideas of what's good, that's freezable, walk down the freezer aisle at the grocery store. If it's in there, then it's, you know, it's easy to freeze or if it's, it's good to freeze. So again, that takes time. You have to have time to prep um, the product and then package it. We buy in bulk at, um, you know, the, the larger stores and repackage. So, you know, we buy our ground beef, we'll buy 10 pounds of at once and repackage it into one pound um, containers, but just finding you know, finding stuff that cooks fast, ground meats, ground turkey, ground beef, ground chicken, all cooks pretty fast. And there's a lot that I can do with that. Is it worth the annual membership fee to shop at Costco or Sam's Club? Yeah. So, you know, probably as we are downsizing, um, honestly, we probably won't go to the larger package stores as much or, you know, just making sure that if you are buying in large quantities, it's something that is one, easily repackaged. Um, but two holds up well in the storage process because yeah, I can buy twenty pounds of chicken breasts, but if they get freezer burn because it takes me so much time to get through it, then I'm wasting that money. So maybe trying to find the smaller at you know the smaller grocery stores that buy one get one freeze, and so still buying quote unquote in bulk, but not so much in bulk. Um, and then I really think especially. You know, even if you don't have kids, you can have busy schedules because of work and whatnot. Um, really using that freezer that you have. So making that meal, nobody wants to eat the same thing for seven days straight, right? Because you're like, oh, I spent all this effort and I have so much and I have to eat it all because I don't want to throw it away. So finding those, um, like I said, silicone containers that you can freeze individual portions. And then that way, you know, if you come home from work and your spouse comes home from work and you don't want the same thing, it's like, oh, I have a cup of chili in this silicone container and I have a soup in this one. And boom, you can stick it either, you know, in the microwave or heat it up on the stovetop or whatnot. Um, and you have it and it gives you the variety. So really, to me, cooking, uh, cooking in large amounts, you're already cooking. So why not go ahead and, and go out full out and um you know, the if you're making it from home, you have more control of, over the nutrient content and the sodium content and the preservatives. Mm. It's frozen food, really? it's yours okay. and it's healthy. So, um, yeah, just again, buying those sale items, maybe not so much in bulk, but um, still, you know, the buy one, get ones or the. What is one example of food preservation that is easy for couples to do themselves? I'm the associate director for the National Center for Home Food Preservation. And so I answer um, emails from nationwide on food preservation. And then that's one of the things that we're really seeing is um, people are using vacuum sealing um, to preserve their food. Um, So that's a good way to go, too, as long as you do it correctly and you handle the food properly (laughs) before you vacuum seal. So what are some practical tips that our listeners can use for healthy stacking? Um, there's a lot of 
100 calorie snacks on the market. You can find, you know, little bags of cookies that are 100 calories. Um, and that's supposed to be easy snacking. Um, but when it comes to those 100 calorie snack packs, focus on the nutrients, not the calories. People see, oh, 100 calories, that's a good snack, but it might be all sugar. You know, it might be little gummies. So mm. find that 100 calorie snack pack that maybe has fiber or protein or something in it. That way you're still getting a snack, but you're still getting needed mm -hmm. nutrients and not wasting it on empty calories that don't have that kind of stuff. Sugar really is pretty terrible for you, I've read. Is that, I mean, yeah. is it true? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, as high fructose corn syrup, really bad. Sugar, still pretty bad. I mean, it starts the, it produces insulin in the body and produces the, you know, storage function in the body. So we want to try to limit. And, you know, if anything's high in sugar, it rarely has fiber in it. Um, mm. There might be some exceptions, but, you know, we want to have our carbs that have fiber in it because that the more fiber, the less risk for cancer, heart disease, diverticulosis, all, you know, it just, it makes for healthy and fiber helps keep you full. So yeah. So what, I, what are some other like high fiber snacks that you can eat? I didn't realize that fiber is more likely to, to fill you up. Yeah. So fiber is, it, yeah, it's definitely, a, you know, it, it obviously makes us regular, but it also fills your stomach. So um, it, if you can eat anything with the skin on it. So if you're eating apples, not peeling that skin off of your apple or off of the pear. Um, fried chicken. Have, what about fried chicken? No. Fiber. That's the, the skin you're talking about. <laughs> oh, what a letdown. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, fruits and vegetables, grains, they have so many new products on the market. Like I was talking about those dried chickpeas. I just found those the other day and honey roasted. Oh my gosh, they're so good. I've seen um, dry roasted lentils. Um, so, you know, dried beans and peas are our best source of fiber. Um, there's lots of um, high fiber or whole grain um, chips, not chips, but crackers. So that kind of stuff. And you can eat less of it. And it will make you feel more full. And it's also, like I said, healthier for you. So does, instead of going to a straight saltine, find something that has like a whole grain uh, cracker, not whole wheat, because whole wheat doesn't necessarily have a lot of fiber. People think it's, you know, white bread, brown bread. There's really not a lot of difference in fiber content. You get whole grain and that's where you really start. Are sun chips whole grain? Um. I think they are. So I want to get to, to the question. I know people have been waiting to hear the answer to um, what are some modest diet changes that folks can can make to feel happier and healthier without actually dieting? And I and this is important to me because I I've never had a successful diet. I I mean, like it's always like, hey, it works for six weeks, but you know, s eating celery and running five miles a day doesn't. Is it something that I want to continue to do? So I, I think our listeners and, and and me in particular, I just want some modest changes that I can just stick to forever. Right. So, and that's the key. I'm glad you said that. So as I mentioned earlier, I don't like the word diet. So, you know, diets do work for the time that you are on them. Right. Yeah. You know, is it a diet that you can sustain for life? So when it comes to dieting, um, I think of it as healthy eating is finding things that you can continue with for the rest of your life so that you are happy and don't feel deprived. So some of the things that you can do, most of us, when we plan a meal, yeah. um, 
meat's the first thing. It's like, what are we having for dinner? Are we having chicken? Are we having tacos? I mean, are we having beef? Whatever. You know, again, we go back to fiber. Fiber fills you up. So filling your plate more with the vegetables and then maybe add a little bit of starch and some meat. One of the biggest things is tricking your mind because you don't want to feel deprived. So using smaller plates. So using smaller mm. plates allows you to, number one, put less on your plate, but your plate looks full. So think about if you have your regular size plate and you're cutting portion sizes, half your plate looks empty. It's like, oh, this is all I get to eat. You put that same amount on a smaller plate and it's overflowing and your mind is tricked. And it's like, oh, I could, I have all this food on my plate. Uh, so a lot of it's psychological. I've, right? I've seen studies on that in the book Nudge by Richard Thaler. He talks about the fact that uh, like when you go to a salad bar or buffet, that there'll be smaller plates and then there'll be some sort of printing around the outside of the plate. So psychologically, you feel like that you have to like have your food inside of that printing. Oh, yeah. The way they set up buffets, it's all a trick. Like all the expensive items are at the end. Oh, yeah. I always always start on the opposite end for very reason. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of it is mind, um, you know, just tricking your mind into thinking you're eating a lot. One of the biggest things is to eat slowly. I think um, a lot of us fall into this category, especially when you have a busy life and you have to you have work and then you have to be somewhere and you have to feed people. Um, it takes about 20 minutes for your stomach to tell your brain that you're full. And if we're in a hurry and we're eating, so everybody's at holidays. You know, you, you're fine. Then all of a sudden it hits you and you're like, oh my gosh, I ate too much. And yeah. that's because you ate so fast and it took a while for your brain to catch up. Um, and you've already e- overeaten by that time. So timing your meals um, and savoring each bite instead of gulping everything in, that can help you eat less, but help you also feel more satisfied. And then really being in tune to your hunger cues. Most of us eat because of appetite cues. Smells good, looks good. Somebody else is eating. I need to eat too. Um, So really stepping back and into your mind, are you really hungry? You know, getting your mind off of it, going to do something for five minutes and then reevaluating. If you're really hungry, you'll feel those signals. If got your mind off of it, then, you know, it was an appetite related signal. Um, My husband works more hours than I do. Um, so we, you know, we take turns um, on, I don't teach on Fridays. So Friday and Saturday, I do a lot of meal prep. Sunday, my husband doesn't work. And it's, a, it's to me, it's fun family time. So we'll put some music on in the kitchen and we will prep stuff for the week because we know Monday, Tuesday, Thursday um, are super busy and we're not going to get a chance to cook. Who does most of the cooking and meal planning in your house? So we try to do a lot of our cooking. And so I will cook Monday or Friday, Saturday. We will shop and cook together on Sunday um, so that we can have stuff ready quickly um, for the week. My husband does have off Wednesdays. So today I don't know what um, what joy I'm going to have when I get home, but he loves to cook too. So he will have cooked <laughs> um, Wednesday um, today. I don't know what. So Again, it's pre-prepping. If we have, if we're super busy, it's repurposing leftovers from the weekend. It's um, buying that rotisserie chicken and taking, because meat takes, whole chicken takes a long time to cook. 
So having that available to throw in a soup or to throw in a quesadilla um, and just having some of those simple items on hand so that maybe I only have to truly prep or cook one part of the meal and the, the rest I can add to it. So, you know, just finding that time and making it a lot of people, I think, see cooking as a chore. To me, it's fun. You put music on. I can I'll, I can clean. I can cook. And, and and you know, having my husband there and there have been times where our kids have thought we were fighting because we were singing and dancing so loud. And that like, oh, just singing. <laughs> um, and then you can get the kids involved, too. Um, we had the kids on the floor when they were four or five years old mixing pancake batter. And um, you can use those plastic knives to teach them um, knife skills. To me, it's, it's good family time. I love I love the way that you you frame that because it does. Meals do tend to bring people together and the process of cooking itself um, can do the same oh, thing. Yeah. And you said that you do this on Sunday. I'm curious, is your is your husband a uh, NFL fan, football fan? So we both are. Um, oh, so do you do this while games are on in the background? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So ah. he, he's from Georgia, so he's a Falcons fan. I'm from Philadelphia, okay. so I'm an Eagles fan. Ooh, good year so, for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we have we do have a TV in our kitchen, um, so that we don't miss anything. A quick moment of appreciation for our sponsor, Money Marriage University, who delivers self-paced online courses for couples designed by national therapy and financial planning experts. Money Marriage U experts understand how to help couples hurting from arguments and tension around money. Money Marriage U offers a wide variety of online courses at different price points. Take your first step toward healing your pain by visiting moneymarriageuniversity.com. Once again, you can learn more at moneymarriageuniversity.com. Now back to the show. So again, it's finding the time that works for you um, when you're not stressed because nobody likes coming home from work and be like, oh, I you know, I have to stand on my feet for another hour cooking and yeah. cleaning and this kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. um, finding the time that works for you. And then we clean as we go so that when our meal's ready, we don't have that extra, you don't have to go back in the kitchen and clean up that gigantic mess that you made. Which is the worst. Like you feel good after a meal and every, yeah. I. So yeah. Uh, what are some of the recipes that you don't have to like list the recipes, but right. what are some of the recipes that you're going to provide us that we can share uh, to our with our listeners? So I think that was the hardest question that I was looking over this because my favorite recipes, if, if we're looking at healthy yeah. and, quick, um, and cheap, those probably are my, so my favorite recipes are like my mom's recipes, family recipes. Oh, oh, good. Okay. That's okay. If, if you have, thank you. Yeah. We'll go with, we'll go with that. Yeah. And, and to me, I don't make them a lot because they do take a while and it's, and it's effort that we do freeze them. So um, as I said earlier, my mom is 100% Hungarian and then my dad is Pennsylvania Dutch. So we have kind of a unique um, family dynamic. Um, so like um, we call it tut tut kapasta, but it's uh, stuffed cabbage and you can make a bunch of those at once. And a lot of people make that in the oven. My mom's family recipe, we actually boil it. Um, we do a lot of boiling. Our stuffed peppers are boiled too. Um, chicken, we call it bot by down south. They call it chicken and dumplings. But it's, mm. to me, it's not chicken and dumplings because I 
don't cook the pasta long enough for it to thicken the broth. So it's um, it's more of a broth than a gravy. Um, so those are my favorite recipes are ones that make me think of home, um, make me think of growing up uh, with my parents and, and my family. Um, my husband has a few. He's from South Georgia. So his family recipes are different than mine. Um, but those are some of my my favorite for easy stuff. Um, I just like I'm not a I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm not a big meat eater. Mm. So I really like uh, either roasted vegetables or sautéed vegetables yeah. um, with some kind of grain. They have so many fun grains out there: couscous, quinoa, all that kind of stuff. Um, and all of that's easy to make. And then um, my husband does want to have meat with his meal. So he'll come home and pan fry like a pork chop or something. And again, if I have herb butter frozen in the freezer, it's easy to cut to pull that out and put it on my rice or put it on my, he'll put it on a steak. Um, I could put it on my pasta. Um, and, you know, I made use of that herb that I bought a month ago that I only needed a tablespoon for. Dr. Brigman, we really appreciate your, your time today. Can't wait to get those recipes up. Uh, I, this is such an important topic for, for our listeners who, uh, many of us, and, and Dr. Ross and I are, are two of them, who do uh, more of the cooking in the home that, than their spouse. So uh, this is something that you know, listeners are going to take action with. Well, good. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed talking with you too. And um, hopefully I can I give some good advice for people out there and eating healthy and on a budget. And, you know, like I said, we all have very busy lives, so it's important. We want to be happy with our meals too, right? That's right. A special thanks to our guests and of course, to all of our listeners. Don't forget to click subscribe wherever you download your podcast. Give us a rating and share our podcast with others. And check out our website at modernhusbands.com where you can find articles, courses, toolkits, and other resources to help you and your partner manage money in the home as a team. Until next time, be well.